0: Equality of educational opportunity has long been a stated goal of education in this province. The polka dot door, the polka dot door, let's peep through the polka dot door. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Yost. Today's special, shout it loud and clear. Today's special. Over the years, TVO has become known for many things, but perhaps it's become best known for its children's programming. Welcome (laughs) to TVO Kids. 13 hours a day of educational, nonviolent programs, uninterrupted by commercials. Parents never have to worry about whether the stuff their kids are watching is age appropriate. It always is. It started with the polka dot door and continues through present day. So today on the podcast, we talk with the person who's at the center of all this, and we ask the all-important question, who really is Pokaroo? Hey, Marnie, I don't know if I ever told you this. My mother's name is Marnie.
1: You did. I know. she. That's why I like your mom. You know, she's got a good name. What can but I say? I don't think she spells it the same as me, though.
0: She does not. She's an I-E, and you're an E-Y, and it's actually not even her real name. Her real name is Marina. What's your real name?
1: Well, you see, that's my most asked question. That is my real name,
0: Marty. M-A-R-N-E-Y?
1: That's the real name. Marty Jean. Marty Jean, if you really wanted to be particular.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> You're, you, I always knew you were n- unique, but now I have another reason to think so. Ah. Uh. <laughs> well, let's get into this. I am, of course, talking to Marnie Malabar, who is the chief of kids programming at TVO. Marnie, wh- wh- let's just go back. What brought you to TVO in the first place, and when was that?
1: Oh, I've been at TVO for a long time. I have a history of coming and going and coming and going. I actually started at TVO when I was a graduate from Ryerson in the radio and television arts program back in 1981, if you want to admit that far back.
0: Wow. And what did you do when you first came over?
1: Oh, well, that's a fun story. When I first came, you couldn't get a job, so I came in as a clerk typist because I knew how to type. And then I was lucky that they were working on one of their you know, renowned flagship shows Today's Special and I saw that's back when you would have a job board and on the job board they were looking for a production secretary. So I quit the staff job I had gotten and went on a six-month contract to be a production secretary on Today's Special and then I never stopped working in kids programming after that.
0: Can you sing the theme song to Today's Special?
1: Oh, by heart, but I won't, <laughs>
0: I'm
1: not a great
0: singer. Oh, you're no fun. You're no fun. Well, you are, in some respects, the proverbial story of someone who sort of starts in the mailroom and then works their way all the way to the top. How'd you get the gig as the head of kids programming? Oh, well,
1: you know, you could say right time, right place, but I'd like to think it was a little more than that. Um, I was really lucky that one of my, my predecessor, Pat Ellingson, um, we had worked together for you know, 15 years and uh, I was very lucky. She mentored me and by the time Pat was ready to retire, it was the right time for me to take over the position. I'd spent my career um, working in a variety of uh, genres, you know, science documentaries, current affairs, um, did a lot of travel with work and stuff like that and then kept coming back to kids and then had worked as the uh, production executive in charge, I think was my role of the TVO Kids block and so transition from that into uh, the head of the TVO Kids area. So under me, all video content that gets done for the kids on any of our channels um, falls under my portfolio.
0: Now you say on any of our channels, what does that mean?
1: Well, over the years, you know, as all good um, companies have to do, we expand and change. And the kids industry um, knows that kids don't watch traditional television any longer. So, I mean, they do, but probably more when they're at grandma's house. So um, we now have, I think it is uh, about eight YouTube channels, and then we also we stream twenty four seven on both YouTube and on our tvokids.com. So all of our videos live on our website and then they live on YouTube channels. Hmm. And that way we know that we have the ability to have kids watch our content whenever they want to watch it. And then on tvokids.com we have all the games that kind of complement the learning that you were getting from watching that TV show.
0: Got it. And you've been head of kids for how long?
1: You know, six years now. I don't six know. Years. Time flies. Time
0: flies. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I do want to ask you about that because, you know, TVO, if it's known for anything, one of the things that it's surely known for is 50 years of, you know, high quality, nonviolent, um, excellent children's programming that parents can feel comfortable allowing their children to watch. And that is, I mean, you took on six years ago a rather daunting assignment to be responsible for all of that. And I just wonder how, uh, you know, how nervous were you having that responsibility when you when you got that?
1: Um, that's a really good question, Steve. You know, I think um, the nervousness came from walking in footsteps of very um, wonderfully smart, innovative thinkers. But I also knew I had been well-mentored and had the opportunity to watch many people do really good jobs. So because of that, you just jumped in. And at the time for me, Um, I was really lucky I was in the midst of studying for my master's in education at OISE and so I just got to take everything that I learned at OISE and start saying let's make a show about that so we proceeded to start to green light co-productions with um, many of Canada's most talented independent producers that kind of connected to the changes that were happening in the education stream and um, you know you just kept moving forward knowing that if you kept trying to find the best of the brightest around Canada and then around the world, that you were gonna be pretty, you know, you were gonna be fortunate to make some really darn good shows. And I would say in the last six years, um, my legacy has been the fortunate reality of some really great shows.
0: Which we are gonna talk about before I ask you, have you ever met Bill Davis?
1: You know, I did meet him once at one of the galas.
0: Cause I, t- I tell you why, he would love you because you are a twofer for him. He not only created TVO when he was education minister in 1970, but he also created OISE, the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, where you just said you went. So you now, if you tell me now that you went to an Ontario uh, college as well, you're going to be the trifecta. Well, I I did do a little looking into this and uh, and I hadn't realized it, but TVO has literally either been responsible for creating or co-creating or commissioning Literally hundreds upon hundreds of children's programs over the years, and obviously we're not going to talk about them all here, but I do want to get a read on which ones sort of were the most meaningful to you, and I guess the place we need to start is, I think, probably still what is the most uh, popular and famous a kid's show that we've ever done, and that is Polka Dot Door. The Polka Dot Door, the Polka Dot Door. Let's peep through the Polka Dot Door. Songs and stories and so much more. Through the Polka Dot Door. Uh, tell us, what do you think made that show work?
1: Well, you know, Polka Dot Door truly is one of TVO's legacy um Historical pro, uh, programs that we ever produced, and really, it was at the time that it was made. It was you couldn't just go and buy programs easily, and channels only had a limited amount of time that tended to put children's content on a channel. There was no twenty four seven kids channels or anything like that. So the the reality of that show was it was really well produced. It had music, it had strong performers in it, and it had the playful pokaroo in it.
0: Do you? Well, this may be a a proprietary secret, so maybe you can't tell me, but I'm going to ask anyway. What the hell is Pokeroo?
1: Well, what do you think?
0: I haven't a clue.
1: I think what's wonderful about Pokeroo, from my perspective, is I really think Pokeroo is just ahead of their time. Because Pokaru is whoever you see Pokeroo to be, which is, you know, on one level, you could say how innovative TVO was about having a gender neutral character that now on many, many shows, we're trying to have a, a, you know, an understanding of, you know, he, she, and they. And the fact that people through the years wanted to, you know, know what gender Pokeroo identifies with we really always chose through the years to um, keep it gender neutral. If you think pokeru is a girl, then Pokeroo is a girl. If you think pokeru is a boy, pokeru is a boy. Because really at the end, it was just the connections that our children and our audience had with pokeru and the gender of wasn't important. But now you look, and that's really innovative and progressive thinking, because that's what a lot of kids' shows are tackling in the industry right now. And we're able to look back at Pokeroo and think, Pokeroo has been around for a very long time and they have survived without anybody challenging their gender identity at all.
0: That is true. Now th- I do get asked though, I mean, Pokeroo, the name suggests that it's sort of part kangaroo. It's very tall. So it's maybe part giraffe. It, uh, I mean, it's very cute and cuddly. So I don't know if it's part teddy bear. I don't know. It's, it seems like an amalgamation of a whole lot of different things. You want to shed any light on that?
1: Well, you know, first of all, when your entire vocabulary is, Pokeroo. <laughs> that's Pokeru, all Pokeru, That's Pokeru. all it says, isn't it? it that's all Pokeroo knows to do. But Pokeroo is very expressive about the multiple ways that you can say Pokeroo. I had an email last night asking me, how does Pokeroo yawn? And I proceeded to say Like There's lots of ways <laughs> that Pokeroo can express themselves. And I think really at the end, that was the value add. And the really wonderful part about that character is how it really just leans on imagination. It really leans in and makes you think about, well, what does your imagination see? If you can't have regular vocabulary and language that you're used to and all you get is the same word again and again, you actually have to try to imagine what that character is saying and how does it connect to you.
0: Mm. Okay, let's talk about a few other shows. Uh, I can imagine how difficult it is to make science fun for kids, but Bill Nye, the science guy, has been doing it for probably a quarter of a century, if not longer. How did TVO get hooked up with him?
1: Well, we were lucky, you know, um, again, when you're doing acquisitions in the children's um, uh, content area, you know, often it is right time, right place. You've, you've gone to market, you've heard of a new show, you've had the opportunity to be the lead English broadcaster on that show, whether you're creating it or you're just picking it up as an acquisition. So um, at that time, um, I think when Bill Nye, we picked it up, that was probably Adrian Mills, who was the head of kids. And it would just be, you know, um, the team brings a really good show in, and the head person is wise enough to say, that's a really good show. We should snap it. <laughs> and we did. And then we were lucky because at that time we were creating, those were the early days of our live block. And, you know, when Bill Nye was coming through Toronto on a press circuit, you know, we got him into the show. He came into our teeny tiny studio that we had. He, you know, talked to the Ontario Kids Live. And he really wasn't as big as he is now. But it was delightful that, you know, a really, again, a really good show will always connect to kids. And then it connects to their parents. And then you've got the opportunity to have the whole family co-viewing together. So, you know, after Bill Nye, um, when the license expired, um, you know, at that time is when we started to commission making some shows on the channel that were, again, kind of of a similar nature, but would be created in Canada. So we had like Science Max, which was actually, Phil Filmacortic was an ex-TVO kids host. So a lot of our hosts end up, you know, either they're producing or writing or creating on kids content once they leave TVO. But, you know, Science Max has done really, really well. We did, oh, I think more than four seasons of it and, you know, won numerous awards. And, you know, we've done a lot of different science shows through the years, both in-house and also as a co-production. And a lot of them really took their lessons learned from Bill Nye.
0: Well, I remember we used to do something called Open House at TVO, where we essentially threw the doors open and anybody could show up on a on an, you know, all-day Saturday or something like that. And Bill Nye came one year, and oh my goodness, that guy was a rock star. Like, he was just surrounded by you know hundreds if not thousands of kids all day long and he had such a great attitude about the whole thing uh boy that was impressive
1: popular now like it's amazing you know even during covid he put out a video about why you should wear your mask Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. he's just as prominent in today's even this many years later and that's really again when you've got a really good on-camera person who connects with the camera like yourself steve when they connect with the camera and the audience trusts them they'll stay loyal to that person forever
0: oh shucks hey bill nye the science guy here asking you to put your money where your mind is your mind is in your brain and your brain is in your head when you become a member of tv ontario you're supporting shows that inspire educate and entertain let me tell okay so bill nye was a was a show that we acquired but let's talk about a show that we that we produced ourselves. And again, when it gets back to trying to, you know, turn young kids onto reading, for example, which is even harder nowadays. But back in the day, uh, we did a show called Book Mice. Book Mice, Book Mice.
1: We live inside the library, Book Mice. Why
0: don't you just tell everybody what Book Mice was about?
1: Well, Book Mice was a series of uh, three puppets that lived in a library. You know, it's very interesting because, again, the idea was it was a set, it was puppets, and it was an in-house program that we created, and it allowed us to have um, full books to be read. And, you know, it's funny right now, if we fast forward to twenty. Well, I think we finished in 2019, um, we finished working with a uh, New Zealand, China, and Canada co-production called Book Hungry Bears, and it's an animated series, and guess what? The bears are reading books, um, so it kind of, what goes around comes around. We started in my own head with Book Mice, and now I have a version of it, very different, but the same idea, of let's read real stories to kids, because again, we know that when when we have the opportunities to role model to young children behaviors like reading and seeing how reading happens and the emerging readers that are out there, they start to go and get their own books after they've watched that show and wanna you know, model the behaviors they saw. So that's what Book Meist did really well as an internal show. And then if you fast forward, that's what Book Hungry Bears does really well as a co-production with 3D animation. So I think, you know, although the years pass, our children's needs and wants really don't change. We still wanna make them good readers. We want them to love reading. And the best way to do that is if you have some cute characters, whether it's mice or bears, they're going to actually go for it. And hopefully they'll go to their library because that's the whole idea is that we really want to have a generation of kids that want to turn off their screens and go into a library and grab a real book.
0: Amen. Let me get you to comment on this, Marty, because I think if you're flicking around the dial, Boy, is that an old expression. No one flicks around the dial anymore. If you're on your digital, whatever, whatever. And, and you know, the, you will never confuse TVO and its kids programming for anything on any other channel because on every other channel, it is a constant assault on your senses. There are bells and whistles. There is every, Everything's got to go fast, fast, fast. And I, I think one of the things, and of course all my kids grew up on TVO, I think one of the things I always appreciated that was that TVO just it just slowed things down a little bit and it just was a little calmer and it was really kind of lovely. And I wonder if you could talk about the philosophy of not trying to compete with all of those other shows out there by making it faster and boom buyer and you know, all that stuff.
1: We have the luxury of creating content where we get to look at creating the best content that we believe kids will want to consume and we're not really worried about will it sell toys or is the advertiser going to be happy with the end product so with that in mind we get to we, we work to stay in tune with what are the trends in the kids industry but also keep the core fabric and soul of what was a tvo kids program front and center so you know it's interesting when when you look at an original, whether it's Book Mice or Today's Special or Polka Dot Dora, they were 28.50 in duration. We would never make a show for that long any longer. Our attention span doesn't last. I don't, you know, um, a show that we used to say make for 22 minutes is now 11. 11 mm-hmm. is now seven. Seven is five. But... So we've adapted for TVO Kids programs that way because we don't want to be a dinosaur. We don't want to be so slow. There is a movement called Slow TV, but we don't want to be that um, kind of saying, well, we don't think our children, you know, they need to be slow and whatever. But I think what we've done is in that 11 minutes, it isn't, um, as your phrase of ba. Mm -hmm. it's more of, how much content that reinforces the learning, which was the original expectation of that program, is there. And, you know, with with all of the values of child development and, and making sure that you've connected with the kid, and if we've engaged and entertained them, they've hopefully learned along the way. So it is a very particular kind of structure and fabric on a TVO Kids show, like you said. I still think you can flick around and you know when you've landed on our channel, and I take that as a compliment because we don't we don't take certain we we like to have lots and lots of styles of artwork because i think it's really important that one of our jobs is to expose kids to lots of different styles of art if it's animation and also lots of different faces on the screen which is reflecting the diversity of Ontario and Canada so you want all of that there but you also have a very particular look we don't have the same look if you were watching a channel that was cartoons only you would probably instantly see the difference between our animations and their animations and same deal of when you reflect on the types of nature when we see kids on camera being a host what our kids on camera being a host would be like compared to another channel so it's very interesting. But luckily for us, because we we do partner with lots of international broadcasters around the world, there's still public broadcasting around the world. So when we're on a show with the BBC or ZDF with Germany, or, you know, whether like multiple different public broadcasters who have like-minded sensibilities like TVO does, are out there still commissioning content. So when we look at our bigger programs and we do them together, then um, the same brand and flavor transitions and we get that, that sort of program that you say you recognize.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned hosts there and I wanna pick up on that. And uh, are, are you ready for a somewhat uncomfortable question? Go for it. Okay. You know, when I started at TVO and we're going back 28 years now, I think, I think the, the kids block was hosted by this adorable duo named Patty and Joe. No!
1: I hope you Joe, get down here. We gotta try. Get down here.
0: And and then at a certain point, you know, Patty and Joe would have been in their early 20s then, and you know, not much older, in other words, than the kids they were they were performing for. But then, you know, at a certain point, holy cow, the hosts all of a sudden are in their late 30s, early 40s, and somebody's gotta make a difficult decision about kind of renewing, right? And I wonder how difficult that is, because we've had a lot of fantastic kids hosts over the years. But of course, um, unlike in my game, Current Affairs, where the older you get, it can be a, a good thing because experience may actually help. When you're hosting a kid's block, it may be a, it may be a problematic thing because you get too <laughs> old for the audience. How do you handle all that?
1: Well, you know, it is obviously, you know, there's differences, opinions of how that is handled. But I think from the perspective of TVO Kids, through the years, what we've recognized is that a little bit, as you said, television or, or content for that we see on our multiple screens typically likes fresh, new, it's you know, it's always what's the new show, what's the new season, what's new, new, new. So we already know that's a a kind of a given of how you're gonna turn that over. But we also knew with um, only having, originally there was two hosts at a time and then we moved it to three hosts at a time, that we wanted to make sure that, not were we just refreshing our channel, but we were also, you know, making sure that we kept Including all the different um, cultural diversity in Ontario. By when every time we changed up a host, we really we we worked with um, we worked with uh, casting directors, but we also you know intentionally worked really hard to not just hire the best and most talented, which we were really fortunate to do, but also keep paying attention to who are our previous hosts and what were the hosts of the future and who should we be working with. So, you know, over the years, I think in my time period, I was trying to count up in my head, I think I'm about 12 or 13, maybe 13 different hosts that have come through that I've hired. And, you know, the original five TVO Kids hosts were extraordinarily talented and wonderful, and they did their job remarkably, and when we, quote, retire them, um, I think it was a really great way to continue to show our young audience diversity of Ontario's different faces. And also, like, we're so very lucky. Every TVO Kids that has come to our channel is um, what do they call the triple threat? They can sing, they can dance, they can act. Mm -hmm. And now they actually have to also be able to produce their own content. They shoot their own content, They, they edit their stuff. I mean, not only do they have to be amazing performers and have those skills, the world has altered a lot. So now they're out there doing their own stories. So it is interesting how that role continues to evolve and how we've been very fortunate to the average host stays with us for three years. And, and when they start with us, we have those conversations right from the beginning now that say, you know, we're going to be on a journey with you for three years and we hope that we can really take advantage of every skill that you have and you can take advantage of every opportunity TVO can give you to enhance your portfolio so when you leave us, you can become one of our ambassadors. And I think we're pretty lucky. Almost all of the hosts that have left TVO. They've always left, and they are a strong ambassador for TVO Kids. They go out there, and they're creating independently. I have some working on writing on scripts that I've got in production right now. I met yesterday afternoon with one that's working on being a director and had a new show she wanted to pitch me. So, you know, it's quite interesting how when they leave us, they still end up coming back to us.
0: All right, I'm saving my toughest question for last. You ready for it?
1: Oh, my, yeah.
0: Inside that Pokaroo costume, who is it really? Pokeroo! (laughs) Pokeroo, Pokeroo,
1: Pokeroo! pokeroo.
0: It's a national security secret, eh? You can't let that out.
1: Absolutely. I (laughs) value my job. I really love my job, Steve. And if I was to give the inside secrets on Pokeroo, out the door I would be. So, you know, and whoever follows in my footsteps after I leave, they too will never give up the secrets of Pokeroo.
0: Well, I tell you, I get asked probably every other week, is it me? And uh, I like to leave it a little ambiguous. Um, after all, how many pictures you of poker? Know,
1: we can't, Steve. We just talked about. We're not telling anybody. Hey, come on. We have a pact. Zip it. Do not talk about what your alternate job at TVO is.
0: <laughs> Mum's the word. Won't say a thing. That's Marnie Malabar. She is the head of kids programming at TVO. Marnie, thanks so much for the chat and uh, happy anniversary.
1: Thank you so much. It was a delight to spend time with you.
0: And that's it for us. This episode of TVO at 50 was produced by Katie O'Connor and Matthew O'Mara. Editing by Donnie Swanson. Research help from Kate Petch and Carol Elder. Our production support coordinators are Jonathan Hallowell and Nikki Ashworth. We want you to share your TVO memories. What does TVO mean to you? Well, record yourself and email the audio to us using the address tvo at 50 at tvo.org. That's tvo at and the numbers 50 at tvo.org and we'll play these on future episodes. Next time on the podcast.
1: Everybody worked for Elie. The whole organization worked for Elie. <laughs> no,
0: everybody. he was the man. He no was, question. He was the you, man.
1: If you upset I mean he had he had a direct line to every CEO to every everybody. If you upset Elwi, oh my gosh.
0: I'm Steve Pakin. Bye-bye.